Welcome to Archonnect Sessions, episode 128. I'm Paul, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Donna and Ken. Today's conversation is all about podcasting. We're joined by Sarah Gadaki, a recent graduate of the Pratt MARC program and a contributing editor of TARP Digital, Pratt's podcast spinoff from their long-running student publication. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So while we've been talking a few minutes with Sarah before we started recording, she expressed some surprise at the fact that we are able to record the Arcanex Sessions podcast on one day and then have it edited overnight and release it the next day, which we do. And thanks to our wonderful uh, sound engineer, we are able to do that. But I will tell you, Sarah, so you don't feel bad since you made a comment about it can take a month or two for you to get your Pratt TARP podcasts out. I recently recorded a podcast with some students here at Ball State University, and um, that was like two months ago and it still hasn't been released yet. So I think that uh, students just operate on a different timeline, possibly when it comes to things like podcasts, because it's not schoolwork. Yes. Um, but I wanted to sort of ask, how did you get started doing the podcast thing? I think that more and more students are interested in them. So I'd like to sort of get your history with listening and then starting the podcast. So Donna, that's a great question. Actually, I joined TARP last academic year when it became a, kind of a new reincarnation of a written publication that Pratt was doing a few years back. And then the written publication, it was very successful, but it ended, it just had a pause. And then we decided, a faculty member and a few students decided around last summer to revive it as a digital publication. So the idea of the podcast didn't actually come about until maybe halfway through the fall semester of last year when we kind of decided that maybe this written format isn't quite working out because time that it took, surprisingly, it took longer than a month or two to um, edit everything that was written and transcribe it. You know, us as students, we were doing everything ourselves. We're using a software a little bit, but it just made sense to transcribe everything ourselves sometimes. And then at one point, we would have weekly meetings, just a few students and our faculty member. And then I just came to the meeting one day and, you know, I think, I believe that a faculty member and one of the head editors were speaking and then they decided, you know what, why don't we start releasing these as podcasts? We already have the website. We already actually were recording the audio of the interviews, of course. Um, that's how we're getting the transcriptions. And it seemed to have worked out in that idea of, you know what, I think that's going to work out. And I was, actually thinking of your podcast the whole time because it works so well and it's so effective, I think, in the way to convey ideas and interviews through that audio form that I haven't really seen that much in a successful architecture podcast with interviews. So yeah, that's kind of how we decided to start releasing them as podcasts. And then we decided to edit the kind of back episodes that we had as the transcribed interviews that we were going to write. So funnily enough, we had an interview with Stephen Hall and right at the end he said, okay, so this is going to be uh, released as a podcast, right? And we said, no, no, no. But uh, that was kind of, I guess, a Easter egg of, you know, Stephen Hall kind of predicted that we were going to have a podcast. <laughs> what, can you tell me what, what sort of time frame that was? How long ago was it? Sure. I believe that was in... Maybe February or so. Okay. So, and Paul, with the Arcanex sessions, we're now about three years old, right? Or two and a half or three years? Four. Four? Really? I'm pretty sure, right, Paul? That, uh, geez, I don't yeah, have any don't answers for anybody today. I'm thinking about students. I have always felt like our podcast was listened to a lot by students in the studio doing their design work, you know? And I, of course, am, you know, 30 years removed from being in the studio myself. But when I'm at work and I'm drawing, I absolutely listen to podcasts all day. Do your fellow students listen to a lot of podcasts or is it still split between music and podcasts, do you think? Mm hmm. Yeah, I think there is a lot of music. I personally listen to your podcast a lot when I was doing studio work and when, when I was at work. I used to listen to it from the very beginning. I remember the very first episode and I was listening to it a few weeks after it was released. I think for the most part, it's either show music or some podcast, yeah, and then TV show, something mindless like Friends or something. Donna, that's an interesting observation that a lot of students have been listening to our podcast, because one of the first things that I noticed when we released the podcast was that we found a lot of our 
old audience are not old in age, but are the, a lot of the audience that was, that was kind of coming up with us back in the, in the late nineties and early aughts kind of rejoining us with the podcast because they have become kind of more busy in their careers and, you know, started families. And I myself as a 42 year old busy working person find that I have, you know, less and less time to just browse the the web throughout the day. But I do love podcasts and I love to listen to them when I'm commuting and riding my bike and, you know, hiking. So I, I've seen the podcast as a way for the kind of the more the the older professionals to kind of re-engage without having to sit in front of a computer. Yeah. October 9th, 2014. Session one, where are the women? Wow. <laughs> so it's going to be four so years next month. Four years in October. Right. Huh. That people actually listen is fascinating to me. That's, that's surprising because I don't even listen. <laughs> so let's talk about that because, again, our first episode was Where are the Women? We were talking about the lack of women in the field. And um, here we're lucky enough to be in a podcast that's 50% women and 50% Canadians, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> Probably a rare statistic <laughs> to get both of them. I think so. I mean, I think that, that Arcanex Sessions has always tried to to, we've tried to take on some pretty difficult topics. And my sense has been that over, uh, uh, Sarah, I know you have done more interviewing with people. I feel like we're, we feel very free to talk about more controversial topics and say things a little more openly. Do you, the architects you have interviewed and practitioners in particular, do you ever get a sense of them sort of holding back and, you know, not, not wanting to say too much or talk to anything too, too controversial? Uh, yes, yes, I definitely think so. And I find that it's actually interesting, but they would talk about kind of the same things that were not controversial, but something that would happen, you know, within their practice over the same course of time as the other architects say around, I forget exactly what year it was, maybe 2014 or so, but in China, when they declared, you know, no weird architecture, we had, uh -huh. we had multiple architects bringing that up. And they, you know, they, 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 they went in depth about their stories and their experiences working with China, working with different clients. And all of a sudden, you know, the government was just halting it. And then they got, you know, maybe no communication. They had their stories talking about that. But yeah, I think for the most part, they're a bit reserved. I think when they realized that we were starting to do podcasts and not written interviews. So they really thought that they really realized that, you know, their voice is going to be recorded verbatim. So yeah. Like maybe more reserved with students. Who knows? So, Sarah, the um, you know, just on some of the topics that you brought up in the email, I'm curious: do students see the opportunity for podcasting as a way of extending them their own brand, their own personal brand, and, and bringing their own personal, their own sense of what their goal in, as an architect wants, what they want to be as an architect, or how do they do they see that? In, in, as a as a form of kind of extending their voice beyond their portfolio and their resume? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that the student editors at TARP really saw it that way. So they kind of took it upon themselves to ask interviewees uh, certain questions around a certain story arc. So different uh, interviewees would be asked similar questions, and then we could kind of have compiled different answers along the same subject or just seeing, you know, what different practitioners thought of certain subjects and certain aspects that were going around academia or especially at Pratt, you know, or even just that one specific student really had a certain idea that I thought was compelling and wanted to ask uh, practitioners what they thought about it. So I think that although it is difficult, um, of course, as a student, when you have your studio and all these other electives and so many things to think about, not even to mention, you know, am I going to have a job? Do I have a job right now? How do I um, exist in the professional world, but I think it is a bit difficult, a bit of a, you know, challenge to think about how can I further, further my branding? How can I further brand myself? And how can I, you know, push that one step further and maybe have my ideas out in another, in another method or another medium? But I think it's, it's definitely in um, some students' minds, it just might be harder for them to actually 
do it, I guess. So when I was in school, I went to a state school not far from where you went at Pratt. In fact, uh, one of my professors at Pratt, I'm good friends with now, and he went to school at Pratt. And now he has a practice in Hoboken. So I could put you in touch with him. Wonderful. He does really, he does really good work. Donna saw some of it. He does amazing work. (laughs) Oh my God. He is such a good architect. Um, Yeah. He's incredible. One of the things that we did, it's when I uh, was undergrad, we had a publication was kind of a subversive it was a kind of a critical zine for our, our studios. And we were aiming at um, what we saw as some of the um, larceny or theft and, and just horrible conditions that we were dealing with. And we felt, you know, some of the, the, the people that were kind of putting that together were older students. So we were less concerned with uh, as a 18 or 19 year old student, much of, uh, some, most of us were in our early 20s and we were really focused on agitation and, and political kind of some measure of political activism on the campus. What kind of activism occurs or does it not happen at, at, at Pratt? Are you, do you feel like you have a voice and an ability to be critical of the administration and, and design studios with, you know, with everything that's been going on in the past year with uh, Me Too and um, the current administration? Has, has Have you felt free enough to say what you feel about what's going on, either in the university or in the um, theater of the absurd abroad <laughs> as it exists right now? Well, first off, I think that Zina, you're explaining that you had it found at undergrad sounds awesome. <laughs> and I wish that, you know, we kind of had maybe the guts guts or, or something to do something um, at Pratt similarly. But hmm, that's a really great question because I think there's been a lot of changes at Pratt that have been, you know, a lot different, at least in the, um, the GAUD, the graduate graduate programs that have happened in the past few years with administration. And there's been a lot of, it is very open, the students and the administration were able to speak, but I think maybe there's a bit of tension at the beginning where um, they possibly saw that students were not, um, maybe the communicatively, things weren't really working out well. So then I think the administration decided to have more talks some open talks, quote unquote, open talks with these students, you know, invite everybody from um, certain years or, you know, the graduating year and the second year and the first year, the master's program to speak um, after their, you know, their studio reviews or have these kind of checkpoints throughout the semester um, where anybody could ask a question, um, air the grievances, kind of like a round table. But, you know, I think there's just so many students and still not as engaging or a inviting environment, but I know that they were trying. And it was just the first year that this kind of um, engagement between administration, professors, and students was happening. But yeah, I would say that that's the closest, other than, um, you know, just students bitching over emails to various administration and um, professors that they were close to, or even in professor evaluations, just having at it because it was anonymous, but I really do think that there should be (laughs) a better way across the board for uh, students to be able to communicate, you know, how they're doing, how they think um, that the curriculum is going, especially when there's a a change of hands in the administration. How do you feel? I mean, do students ever ever talk about the role of podcasts in terms of you know, hearing the voice of, of, of practitioners and talking about the practice itself, is that is that helpful? Is that enlightening? Is it something that is a, you know, um, a point that is um, referenced or is there not enough of that? I think personally speaking, I really do pull a lot of inspiration and a lot of references from podcasts, especially the Arconet podcast from interviewees. But I think maybe there is not enough in terms of architecture podcasts or design podcasts where people engage in them on a broader scale, or maybe this is just a Pratt, but I do think that, you know, even anything from YouTube, TED Talks to other talks where their interviews in um, audio form or spoken form, those are definitely referenced and even watched, you know, in, in classes as well. One thing that I've noticed that I, we've received a lot of feedback or, I guess, suggestions from the younger portion of our audience, mostly architecture students, is is to integrate some kind of video component in, into our podcast. I've never really 
seriously consider doing that because it, it's just it's it was never really part of the plan. But I'm have you received similar feedback to that? And do you see that as something that students in particular tend to be craving? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think that anybody has really expressed any interest or that anyone, any one of us at TARP have actually thought about incorporating video. But what, in what format, uh, Paul, do you think that people were expressing that interest as in, you know, putting a link, embedding it into the um, website when you're putting the um, podcast episode on every week or, you know, is it more just having an interview? If you're having a live interview to just show the video as well, do you know what kind of format that they were thinking? Well, you know, the first time it came up, it was from a student at SciArc that I was talking to, and I kind of dismissed it as kind of a unique, unusual request. But then I started getting more feedback from younger people. When I say younger people, I mean, you know, mostly in their 20s. And it made me it made me do a little more research into it. And I discovered that there are a lot of podcasts that are formatted in a similar way as Archonnect Sessions, which tend to be conversational and unscripted with guests and often multiple hosts that also offer like a live video streaming through YouTube, which is then also archived. And so that's, I think, what has been requested. I mean, for one thing, it couldn't possibly happen because we're usually each one of us is distributed around the world. You know, the three the three co-hosts of the podcast uh, alone are just, you know, in three different cities simultaneously. So that wouldn't work. But it made me wonder, you know, if there is a different type of way that, you know, millennials consume media like podcasts compared to other generations. It's definitely not something that I would have any interest. I, I know that there's a lot of podcasts that I listen to that have a video component, but it's it's not something I would even consider jumping into. Sorry, I'm going to I'm going to jump in here. There was a video cast, I guess you would call it. I saw briefly, and this was several years ago, and I have no recollection of what it was called or who did it or if it still exists out there, but it was basically three people and they put up a slide of a building and then they would critique the hell out of it. And it was hilarious. And, you know, they just, they would slam these things. And I think there was a, there was a sort of criteria, like love it or hate it. You know, they had a sort of criteria that they had to well, create it on. That makes a lot of sense. And that to me as a video, as a visual component, because I think of architects as such visual people, if you could look at a picture of something and then listen to people talk about it, I feel like we could handle that really well because, yeah, I can't watch anything visual while I'm working visually because my visual frame is totally taken up with the work I'm doing. But if, some, if someone flashed a picture of a house and then I listened to three people talk about it for the next 15 minutes, I would totally, I would dig that. Well, that yeah. totally <laughs> makes sense. But the, the, the strange thing is that the request that I've received multiple times is that there's literally, you know, like a GoPro set up in, in our recording studio that Stupid. just, <laughs> I know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, no. I would feel very uncomfortable. I mean, I, cause I don't wear pants when yeah. we record the session. So exactly. neither does? do I. I mean, and, I'm, and I'm not prepared to change that. <laughs> it's hot. It's like 90 degrees right now. Exactly. It's so hot. Mostly what I hear with those kinds of things that occur, they're mostly like internet like shows. They're and it's like these split screens of three people, and you're really watching these really odd looking people talking about things. And I'm like, we don't ever you know, it's weird that we talk about we're architects and we're design professionals and we're having a conversation that's engaging. And it really, most of our podcasts have nothing to do with architecture. By and large, it's I, it, I don't ever feel like I'm actually critiquing or criticizing about a particular architectural element, more about like trying to get at the essence of who people are beyond the veneer of their stupid professional life. I mean... The most compelling conversations that we've had on the podcast would not be serviced or would not serve the podcast at all if we had a video component. We were talking to, you know, Todd Williams and Billy Chen, asking them, you know, wonderful, getting some really great responses. When we talked to Phil Freelon, I mean, we were, you know, we were talking about stuff. He had only intended to be on that podcast for like 20 minutes. We had him on for almost an hour. I mean, we were never going to get an hour of video podcast with Phil Freelon. It's just, I mean, it's great for like, um, you know, Paul, when you do those one-on-ones when you're in, um, you know, when you're in LA and those are great. 
even those I would rather just remove the video side of it. Yeah. But but I think there is, you know, I, I sometimes there is value in because the way that a, what a podcast offers as opposed to a transcribed interview, for example, or even an edited interview is that it offers kind of a, a personalized kind of inflection and you understand there's a whole other dimension to what somebody is saying by listening to them talk. And I can understand that by watching them talk, there's also the body language component. You know, there's seeing their their expressions to questions. And um, so I, I do understand that. It's just that the way that the context in which I listen to podcasts never involves me sitting in front of a screen. And, you know, I'm always doing something else. A podcast is always kind of a background activity for me while something else is happening. But anyways, speaking of podcasts, I'd really be interested to hear what everybody's favorite podcasts are, maybe specifically like podcasts that are kind of pushing the podcast medium in a way that other forms of media aren't aren't doing. Sarah, do you have any specific podcasts that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, well, the one that comes to mind that I've been listening to most recently, I don't know if it's very not safe for work. So I'm just going to throw it out there. And if <laughs> you have all heard of it, or if you want to continue with it, we can. But if you think it's not relevant, that we could um, definitely just squash it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all into it already. Not safe for work okay. is... <laughs> <laughs> So the not safe for uh, so the safer work version of the name is guys we f and it's on iTunes as guys we f uh, I think two or three asterisks and then e d and um, I don't know if anybody has heard of it I have not time. sounds interesting <laughs> I think your interest so it's two comedians that live in New York City and they started the podcast as a way to speak it was literally hey. Let's just interview people that we've, you know, slept with, either one night stands or boyfriends or something, and then see where where it goes. But it was kind of it was at the core meant to be a anti slut shaming podcast and a sex positive podcast and something that was very um, empowering to women, empowering to people in general to kind of you know tear down that veil of um, shame and insecurity that people often have with sexuality. Um, and then you know I think they ran out of people to interview in that specific context. And then they started bringing, <laughs> take it, take it however you want. And it's hard work to keep that number going. Like, you know, you only have so many hours in a day. <laughs> exactly. Do I do this for art or do I do this for pleasure? Exactly. Is it <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So after a while, they just, and it, and it became so popular. I think they've also been doing it for four years. So maybe, you know, 2014 was the golden age of the podcast possibly, but yeah, so they, <laughs> oh, they started man. to um, bring on everyone from celebrities, people in media to other comedians, um, to their friends influencers on Instagram, just, just running the gamut of people that they knew people that were incredibly interesting and having conversations that, you know, anywhere from their childhood to experiences, you know, sexual experiences, um, to activism, to what they're doing. And the reason why I brought that up, that up, that it's kind of bleeding out into from that podcast medium to another medium is that they had an actual festival, um, a few weekends ago in Brooklyn that I attended and it was wonderful. There, there was, um, you know, booths, philanthropic booths and people, you know, that were able to uh, sign up for different volunteer organizations and just learn about wonderful organizations in the, in the community. And then there was a live podcast. And then I believe there was a nighttime portion that they had um, just a giant comedy festival with different friends and performers. So I think that um, what those two girls doing, are Christina and Corinne, um, it's very effective in just pushing the boundaries of that podcast and also just the way people are thinking to um, attract people in person to come to their shows and uh, yeah, really engage on a, in, a, in, you know, a personal level. So for this podcast, what do you think is uh, the most interesting part that the, the subject matter or the, the hosts and the way that they, they manage these conversations or the guests? Mm -hmm. I Definitely the guests. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Paul, you're talking about the podcast she's describing, not our podcast, right? No, no, not our oh. podcast. You're talking oh. about, no, I'm talking the, about yeah. uh yeah. I'm talking yeah. about uh, guys, yeah. Guys we fucked. Yeah, um, because yeah. I mean <laughs> the reason I ask is because I have podcasts that I love because of the content and I have podcasts that I love because of the 
of the host. And I have podcasts that I love because they always have great guests. And I have podcasts that I love because they tell amazing stories and they're very, you know, they have this powerful narrative that can only be, can only be a, like a product of, of an audio production. So I'm curious about that specific uh, podcast that you're talking about. Like, what is it that in your opinion makes it so good? Mm-hmm. I think it's really um, a synergy of all three of those things. So the hosts themselves are very compelling. They're comedians. So, um, you know, they're already so energetic and use and they're the constants in the podcast, of course, um, same as same as you three. So, you know, you really become to get accustomed and learn about their personality over time and it changes over their experiences and they're very honest and they're very genuine. And then on the other hand of the guests that they have, they're either, you know, obviously they have a very, they have a very specific chemistry or energy with them. They have a story with them. And then it might be that one of them has had a history with them and then the other one had just seen them, you know, through the periphery. So there's that, the kind of, tension or the different, the dynamic energies between the three people that are speaking. And also, of course, it's, it's the subject matter, of course, that the host can engage them anywhere from, you know, if the guest profession is interesting or if their personal story is interesting or if the story that they had with one of the hosts is interesting, that they're able to pull that out and also pull, um, just very candid synopsis of, you know, that, that person's life and, you know, go on tangents and just talk about just, the minutia or talk about something very big, something very controversial. Yeah. So I think it's just very interesting that it's always dynamic. You never know what you're going to get, but it's always a great conversation. Yeah. My first time that I really got hooked into podcasts, I have to admit, was listening to Dan Savage's podcast. So Dan Savage is a sex advice columnist. Uh-huh. So maybe it's just something about talking about sex and he talks very openly about <laughs> sex. It just, it's, it's enjoyable to listen to. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it feels very personal, but it's also something you can think about in much broader aspects of personal relationships as well as sociocultural norms. I, you know, and I just looked up Savage Love podcast has been around since 2006. So it's actually, I think, very, very early in the podcast. Did it start out as a radio show or was it always a podcast? I've only ever known it as a podcast. I don't well, know. It was always a, an extension yeah. of his, uh, Written work. The advice column. Yeah. Right, right. So he does questions. So yeah, so people write in questions. So you never know what people are going to be writing in about from week to week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always felt the difference between his and I've listened to guys we effed and, and uh, it's a uh, man, it's, you know, it's weird. I find, you know, <laughs> it's it must be unsettling for men because it was unsettling for me because women are so honest and open and talking about sex. And that's not something that men are <laughs> traditionally, that's, we're not conditioned to hear women talk so openly and honest about, about, about yeah. sex. And when we, when we're like led into that conversation, we're kind of like, we're feeling right now why I felt, I'm like, I'm not supposed to, it's like you walk into, a, I mean, I'll tell you exactly how it's like. It's exactly like what I remember <laughs> being a, a 10 year old when they, uh, all of the, uh, all the girls in the class got taken out of the class and guys are like, what just happened here? Yep. <laughs> so we yep. walk into the room and we're like, oh, we're not supposed to be here. <laughs> yep. There's some magic in the female some, discussion that yeah, you're not allowed yeah, to we're know not supposed about. To, we're not supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad that's over. I'm so glad that attitude is gone. Is it's, it? Yeah. Yeah, I think for for many people, I think it is. <laughs> I will say my other the other podcast I listen to a lot and maybe it's related every week religiously. I listen to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, and that has five hosts that are every every week, although sometimes one of them travels. So they're not there, but it's familiar voices, you know, will be there every week, every now and then they interview someone, but not always. But they have little what would you call them little segments with each podcast. So there's a what's the word section segment where they talk about a they pick a science word and describe it where it came from, how it's used today, who's using it incorrectly, which happens a lot. They have a, you know, news articles on what was the science news this week. And it's just, it's really smart people talking about stuff they love to talk about, which to me is what you want in a podcast for the most part, is people talking about things they're knowledgeable about and that they love to talk about and they're passionate about. I tend to listen to this kind of format. I, I get bored very easily with people. It, it, it would 
So the, I like listening to Orcus speak because it's kind of uh, a very similar structure. Uh, although the what's great about theirs is it's very different from ours. And I appreciate that we're operating in two different spheres. Um, they've pretty much talked about the practicalities of as a, as working professionals. They do hit some of the, some of the similar topics. They're not as confrontational. <laughs> they don't really get too deep into the, you know, I, I'm kind of the agitator, uh, at least the vocal my own personality is just a bit of an asshole <laughs> um they're three very very likable guys but if it's not if it's not a conversation it's like listening to an audiobook sometimes i can listen to an audiobook and i do better with um autobiographies memoirs uh, on audiobooks than i do with heavier texts but i listen to the uh pot save the world guys all, all of those political podcasts that are talking about what's going on in the moment because i really can't digest a lot of news so i typically get my news either from strangely enough i'm probably more like a millennial than anything i get my news from twitter or i get my news from uh podcast discussions but i even like the long format podcasts you know the ones that kind of have an arc a story arc either true or or more fiction um so if it has a those kinds of things are more interesting to me. Yeah. Just there's a there's an arch, there's a bunch of architecture podcasts out there but they're so goddamn boring. The only ones I know other than this one of course is art is Archie speak and we already talked about that. So I really don't know others. I mean, they're more like uh, theoretical discursions on arch and it's just like, you know, it's like sitting in a lecture class and listening to a, your boring professor. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to like it. I really think there's a lot of information there, but you know, if I need, if I want to go to sleep, I'll listen to you. Um, but. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like a good, uh, you know, insomnia podcast. Yeah, definitely. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure there's very interesting um, conversations or topics that come about that. I, for one, really love um, architecture theory and just thinking about it and talking about it. But maybe it's just the uh, the format that if it's one person talking, it's just very monotonous. And I definitely have fallen asleep in more um, theory classes than I've been awake. So it's just, <laughs> you know, if, if there's not somebody else engaging and talking and breaking up that monotonous, just droning talking, then it's just, you know, you kind of, it's, it's very hard to... Um, to pay attention as as compelling or engaging as the conversation might be. Yeah, I think the one thing that uh, Mark Connect has done recently, which has really been exciting for me, is um, what's the one that um, who's the editor? Andrew Mori, Anthony, yeah, Anthony, Anthony. The the one thing that I'm still getting through because I and I still have the tab locked on my page on my browser is the John Haydock one, and and there's all these different videos of Haydock that I've never seen before. These are lecture series that I'm just like pouring through. I'm like, man, this is wow. <laughs> so connecting the Arcanec, connecting Arcanec with YouTube and sourcing all of that material that I didn't even know existed has been just such a revelatory experience that um, I hope you continue to do that. So the, those are the ways that I prefer to get my my architectural jam on when it comes to video and talk and, and, and theory and because it's it's coupled with uh, images and it and it's really much more engaging as a as a device for architectural content delivery in in that kind of mode. So yeah, so I I really enjoy that. But this is much more fun for me than um you know listening to patrometric talk about uh, par parametricism <laughs> for fucking four hours. Um, so, <laughs> well, I'll list a few of the podcasts. There's a podcast that I that I just love called How I Built This. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. It's by uh, NPR's Guy Raz that uh, he talks to founders of of extremely successful businesses about how they got their start, and it's it's just so fascinating because it really it shows these people that you know, that others tend to put on a pedestal and kind of really gets into the into all the the struggles that they went through to achieve this success, the kind of struggles that they went through that most people would not be able to continue doing without quitting. And it's yeah, it's it's a super interesting podcast. But in terms of when I going back to like how I kind of the different categories that I put in the podcast that I like a lot in terms of interviewing skills, WTF by Mark Maron, I think he's an incredibly successful and an incredibly uh, talented 
interviewer that really was an inspiration for me when we first started the podcast, just because he takes these people that do work that almost everybody knows of and just gets into who this person is, you know, without talking about their work directly and just kind of it makes their work that much more accessible or it provides the kind of context to their work that makes their work so much more interesting. And there's a new, relatively new, it's been a, been around for a couple of years, a podcast production company called Gimlet that has been producing a really great podcasts one of which got got canceled for some kind of mysterious reason and coincidentally that the name of that show is mystery show and it's still available but it's it is it is just such a great show where they take a totally mundane mystery and the the host of it starly kind who can, comes from this american life is just so talented at what she does and how she communicates with people and kind of goes on these tangents in these conversations and you know the the episodes go in these directions that you'd never expect and then that was kind of replaced on the Gimlet network with another podcast called Heavyweight which is hosted by uh Jonathan Goldstein who's a another fellow Canadian radio <laughs> ex radio personality that now has this podcast that is totally hilarious it's kind of like the Seinfeld of uh of podcasts uh, that's how i've described it to uh, to people that sounds great <laughs> um Heavyweight is just an extraordinarily produced and, and hosted podcast. So that's just a few. There are many that like one, actually one podcast where I'm not crazy about the host, but he always has great guests and he does have good questions is Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Never heard of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's really funny, Paul, that you brought up the uh, Gimlet Media podcast, because as you were talking, I was trying to remember the first podcast that I started listening to when I first was getting into that medium. And it was maybe the precursor to the founder of the of that media company's podcast. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was kind of him just trying to, you know, navigate the world of podcasting and starting a podcast. Um, Startup. Yes. Yeah. And, yes, and, there you go. and actually, well, yeah, that was that podcast was was one of the best podcasts, I think, in the history of podcasts. It was really yeah. it was so uh, meta. You know, it was a podcast about starting up a podcast and it has now spun off into a, like a primetime sitcom called Alex Inc. Um, wow. But yeah, that wow. that was great. And that's still archived. And they they continued that podcast. The podcast is still going, but now they feature other people that are starting up businesses. Every season's a little bit different. But they had a really fascinating season where they followed Dove Charney, who is the was the the pervy founder of American Apparel and also Moshe Softy's nephew, which many people didn't know. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would try to forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, that was that was a tragically fascinating season of of startup as well, um, just in the in the way that the, the story of this guy was told and kind of how his true personality emerged through the production of the, of the series. Wow, I just realized that startup podcast started April 5th, 2014. Oh, that was only 2014. Wow. So it was all the same, all around the same time. So I'm still, I'm still kind of curious about like students listening to, to podcasts in class in the way that, or in, in studio, mm -hmm. you know, when, when working. And it's a way of getting more information, right? Like when you're in architecture school, you're trying to learn. And yes, as adults, we try to learn also, but you're trying to just get more and more information. And it does seem, and this sounds so conservative of me that, you know, there's just so much noise out there. There's so much in the world to know about. Like, how do you, you know, if I say you, you guys now have all said what six podcasts that I want to go listen to right away. Like how, how do we find time to consume all of this? And, and how do, yeah, how do students especially know if you're there, there's the entree, the entree architect podcast is that that's the one. And then there's the one that Mike Rasika does young architect. You know, you're going to get lots of different viewpoints on those podcasts from some people that are very traditional practitioners and some people that are definitely not. And, you know, how, Sarah, you once, you, when we first started talking about this, raised the question of mentorship. Like, how do you figure out what's good to listen to and what isn't? You know, how do you, how do you, how do students who are bombarded with all of these different ways of doing architecture, ways of being in the world, 
things to concern themselves with, causes to be for or against. How do you find a guide through all of that? Yeah, I think maybe it depends on the type of information, I guess, information taker that you are. I know a lot of my fellow classmates or my classmates before at Pratt um, were really interested in listening to multiple podcasts at the same time or, you know, listening to one for a bit and then switching over to another. But maybe they had, you know, anywhere from like three to five podcasts that they would rotate around. And luckily some of the, I mean, it's easily digestible, you know, when you're even commuting to and from work or to and from school that you can, you know, knock out a a one hour podcast like even in the time it takes you to render like a staircase or something. So, (laughs) so I think in that sense, uh, it is quite easy and um, quite digestible for podcasts to just, yeah, for, for students to be able to listen to them in their spare time when they don't have to be actively engaging, actively listening to something else. I know that personally speaking, I used to, you know, I guess I'm just going to say back in 2014, because I guess that's when I got into podcasts, I would listen to multiple podcasts at the same time. And then, you know, when some of them would end, when some of the seasons would end, um, because as some of them do, do have seasons, some of them just do go on continuously. I think our connect is very um, steady in the way that there's, you know, more often than not weekly podcasts, and there's not a season that just breaks that I think that's a really good way to just keep listening, keep engaging with that podcast, especially when you hear right at the end, okay, so next episode, we're going to have so-and-so and and it really makes you want to listen to the next one and remember to listen to it. Yeah, I think it's just the continuity of remembering, oh, you know what? There, there's somebody on um, that podcast that I was really excited to listen to this week. So I'm going to engage in it um, now. And um, I think just seeing like the kind of groove that you enjoy with the certain hosts or the certain vibes that are happening. I don't know if I'm trailing. <laughs> No, 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 no. You were no, no, no. That was that was. Uh, I was I was thinking that this is a really nice way to sort of close it down is to talk about yeah how, what you're listening yeah how you how you manage that. I thought it was going great. Oh, okay. No, I think you know that's what's so great about having these kinds of conversations is that you start to talk about something and it brings up another thought that or you know that's why I don't like the script. That's why I don't like scripted anything because I'm starting to think about well what aren't you hearing that you'd like to hear? I mean, would you? Oh, would, good question. Would people. You know, there's there's a whole shit ton of people out there we could be talking to and we're not even tapping into we're barely scratching the surface of what needs what people want to hear about. When late last year, I think Donna was away and Paul was away. And for some stupid reason, they decided to let me run the show for a couple of podcasts. And it was really it was difficult. So not only did I have to (laughs) get the guests, I also had to put the podcast together put images together, put and then put it out. And the one the one podcast that I still remember to this day that was really tough for me um, is I decided I wanted to have a podcast with three women from different um, avenues of the profession. And it was really, it was, it was a tense, it was a tense discussion. And I really was really worried that I, I screwed it up really bad. And, and um, it turned out, and I still haven't listened to the podcast to this day because I really felt even <laughs> even me listening to it was going to bring back a lot of the tension that I felt through the podcast. So I think that there's there's more that we could be talking about, more issues out there, especially with this past year that we haven't even touched on fully. But what are some of the topics or some of the things that students have felt that haven't gotten enough, haven't been fleshed out enough or haven't been flushed out enough that we should kind of keep poking at because it's worth talking about. Yeah. I actually think that the, you know, the the subject matter that is already discussed is is incredible because I don't re- don't really hear about, you know, the controversial topics that, you know, go on the the, you know, architecture me too movement, the shitty architecture men list wasn't really brought up in our classrooms in our studios until we had a talk with Sylvia Levin, and she was one of our uh, guest speakers with Elizabeth Diller and Catherine Ingraham at Pratt. And she just came on and she put the Google slide, she put a screenshot of it because I think at that point it was no longer live or, you know, it was um, not being edited anymore, but she put a screenshot of it. And, you know, I think the the whole state, the whole auditorium just kind of erupted in this like, thank you for, you know, bringing up the, uncovering 
giant elephant in the room with his robe off. It's like, oh my <laughs> gosh, we can finally talk about it. And everybody was just, you know, I think like let, let, letting out a sigh of relief and uh, yeah, like finally we could, we could discuss this, but I think it was, you know, it was discussed on the ArcNet podcast um, first before that. I think a lot of the things that you're um, that you're already talking about is, you know, what I would want to hear more. And Donna, to circle back to your question about mentorship and how do you really like tease that out in, in podcasts, I think it's really about the hosts when you listen to their stories and you listen to, you know, their backgrounds. And I think, you know, you three having very different backgrounds and uh, being able to talk about it, talking about the differences and the similarities, just the issues that are going on with your respective careers and respective experiences that are going on every week, but also just the different personalities that, that come about that are all talking about all revolving around architecture in different ways and seeing how, just how layered and how diverse this practice is, I think is really inspirational yeah to see you know what i can be a powerful woman you know what i can be like i'm using your words ken but a bit of an asshole you know just stir things up like <laughs> i can do this and i can get somewhere in life i i really think that students you know if they listen to the podcast in that lens they can really you know learn a lot about just the personalities and the different genuine styles that they are practicing yeah in architecture i think my biggest joy is to do the podcast a few of my joys are when we have people on like Phil Freelon and, and Todd Williams and Billy Chen and Stephen Hall and, and many of the other architects and get to talk about their human, kind of their, the things that make them who they are. And then the, that's the, some of my, my prized moments. And then my other ones are when we come back from the AIA conference. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy those a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to talk about like the state of the professional association that represents us. And I think most professionals don't find value in the profession. And it finally hit me this last time when we were there. You may not find value in the professional association, but these are the people who are making decisions about how you practice as a professional. And if you don't realize that, you are just not getting. I mean, you just might as well, you, you can float by and not join the profession and think it doesn't define you. But those are the people right now who are making decisions about how it is you get to practice as a professional. Because you're either going to play by their rules or you're going to join and make sure that they understand that the rules are going to change. And I've decided that I am going to be a design professional who is not going to play by their rules and I'm going to pay their fees. And I'm going to be in there. And just like I was today, there was a there was a uh, AIA chat about social justice. And I was out there, you know, and AIA was running it but somebody else was moderating it and I was out there, bam, bam, and just hammering away at the, at the, at AIA, just like I do every day and ask the questions and make sure that they know that just because they post a James Hardy proposition or uh, uh, an advertisement <laughs> doesn't mean that that's the end of the game. And if, you know, Paul lets me continue, continues to let me use the platform to, <laughs> to continue to call for Robert Ivy's resignation, then I will keep doing it. <laughs> I love that so perspective. <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely love it. And I definitely, I, I believe in that. And I'm really trying to, you know, embrace that kind of per perspective of, you know, as, as much as you might not like an organization, as much as you might not like the administration, it's not going to change unless, you know, there are the defined voices that infiltrate the system that are like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to pay your fees, but I'm not going to fucking like it. I'm going to complain until things change because <laughs> after a certain point, there's going to be more, you know, the majority is going to rule and there's going to be more people that are upset there than they are, you know, the administration that's just trying to push things through. And I know, you know, as students, I think it's, um, and young professionals, I think it's really important to have that mentality that, you know, why you, you might have not liked the school, you might have not liked the administration that you graduated from at, at, at the end, because, you know, you might leave with a bad taste in your mouth, but it's not going to change unless you come back and try to push the old white guys and, and try to, you know, push all of those outdated ideas out. So yeah, I think that's a really important perspective to have at any, you know, point in your career. So Sarah, how I, I know that for our listeners out there, we can access your podcast from tarpdigital.com. Are the podcasts also available on iTunes store, like through through regular podcast apps? 
I believe that it's soon going to be on iTunes. Yes. But for now, tarpdigital.com is where you can find them. Um, it was kind of our summer project to have them on iTunes, but hopefully in the next few months, you could find it there as well. So what kind of conversations can people look forward to hearing on your show? So we were interviewing um, practitioners and architects that were coming in to speak at Pratt. And but before they were speaking um, to a wider audience, we kind of pulled them in and there was two or three student editors. So we were talking to them anywhere from, you know, quick questions. Do you like, you know, shades or colors? Do you like this or that? And then starting to talk about their more, more recent projects and other you know, larger themes at hand that we were trying to thread through, uh, through all the interviews. So I think it's, uh, they're all really engaging podcasts. Um, some of them were more by the book and some of them were more off the cuff. So yeah, it was a nice dynamic range. Um, I believe we have two podcasts now on the site and we're trying to, we have a backlog now. So that's our homework <laughs> to put them all on the website. And do you guys have a, a newsletter or anything to, so that people can get updated when you have new episodes out? Right now we have our Instagram. It's at tarp.digital. But that's a great idea. You know, I could pitch it to the team to have a, a newsletter or something, some kind of alert system. Uh, Instagram's good. I'm, I'm kind of old school. Newsletters are, <laughs> <laughs> newsletters yeah. are my jam. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so before we finish, uh, Ken, do you want to um, ask your famous last two questions? I wonder what it is. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard this before. Yeah, it's getting kind of sticky. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's such a great question. So, Sarah, what are you uh, reading or listening to these days? Um, yeah. Other so, than Arcanex sessions. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm not just engrossed in Arcanex sessions, I've been really bad at reading. I think after graduating, um, I just kind of have to get back to reading um, for leisure and not just you know, because I have to. So I have a pile of books. I'm actually staring at them right now um, that I've been trying to read. But this summer I've been reading Aaron Betsky's Architecture Matters. I think it's a great little book. I just haven't gotten through all of it, but I'm about halfway through. Um, I think it's just a great book to, you know, read in a day or if you're like me to read in two months. And in terms of music, I listen to a lot of when I'm doing work or studying or, you know, when I really have to focus, I listen to a lot of Fortet. So I feel like that's an artist um, that I go back to a lot. And I've also been listening to Charlotte Day Wilson, um, another Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> They're just yeah. Pop, popping up everywhere. Um, she's kind of a R&B-esque uh, singer, songwriter. And also been listening to, I'm just going to throw out a lot of different, um, just because I listen to a lot of different ranges of music. I listened to recently Pliny. He's a instrumental guitarist um, from Australia. He actually graduated. He did his master's in architecture, but now he does um, instrumental guitar, progressive stuff, with some jazz, and it's really melodic and really great to listen to. So he just um, released the EP, and I've been listening to that. What was his name? Pliny. So it's um, like Pliny the Elder, but uh, P-L-I-N-I. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks so much for joining us today. And I encourage everyone to check out Sarah's podcast, uh, TARP. Is it is that the full name of it? Just TARP? TARP Digital? TARP Digital. TARP yeah. Digital at tarpdigital.com. And you should be able to hear this conversation on their podcast as well. So thanks again. And let's uh, talk again sometime soon in the future. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, that was our show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter at our Twitter account, ArcSessions, or with hashtag ArcConnectSessions. You can also send us an email to connect at ArcConnect.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider rating us on iTunes. Thanks, and talk to you next time.